السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ Alhamdulillah, it's so good to see all of you here. Today I would like to welcome all of you to our Ta'alimul Quran English Weekend class. Alhamdulillah, we have a very special guest in our class today, our respected Ustaza, Dr. Farhat Hashmi, who is the mother and teacher of our very own teacher, Sister Tamiya Zubair, to teach us Surah Mulk today, inshallah. And I would like to request all of you, please not to take any picture or make any videos. Okay, Jazakallahu khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم تبارك الذي بيده الملك وهو على كل شيء قدير الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عملا وهو العزيز الغفور الذي خلق سبع سماوات طباقا ما ترى في خلق الرحمن من تفاوت فارجع البصر هل ترى من فطور ثم ارجع البصر كرتين ينقلب إليك البصر خاسئا وهو حسير ولقد زينا السماء الدنيا بمصابيح وجعلناها رجوما للشياطين وأعتدنا لهم عذاب السعير وللذين كفروا بربهم عذاب جهنم وبئس المصير إذا ألقوا فيها سمعوا لها شهيقا وهي تفور تكاد تميز من الغيظ كلما ألقي فيها فوج سألهم خزنتها سألهم خزنتها ألم يأتكم نذير قالوا بلى قد جاءنا نذير فكذبنا وقلنا ما نزل الله من شيء إن أنتم إلا في ضلال كبير وقالوا لو كنا نسمع أو نعقل ما كنا في أصحاب السعير فاعترفوا بذنبهم فسحقا لأصحاب السعير إن الذين يخشون ربهم بالغيب لهم مغفرة لهم مغفرة وأجر كبير بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سورة الملك سورة الملك is a مكي سورة and the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said 
inna suratan min al-Qur'ani thalathuna aya there is a surah in the Qur'an that has 30 verses and this surah interceded for a person until he was forgiven and this surah is tabarakalladhi biyadihi al-mulk suratul mulk the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam also said surat tabarak هي المانعة من عذاب القبر سورة تبارك is one that will prevent a person from the punishment of the grave the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not sleep until he recited surat sajda and surat mulk assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu wa alaykum assalam how are you Alhamdulillah. May Allah bless you all. Surah Al-Mulk, one of the beautiful surahs of Quran. The Prophet ﷺ never slept before reciting Surah Al-Mulk and Surah As-Sajda. So we should also make a habit to recite this surah when we go to bed before we sleep. Because it reminds us of many things which you will learn inshallah. But make a niyyah just now, that inshallah from today, I am going to read Surah Al-Mulk before I go to bed. And it will be a good idea to learn it by heart. And that's not a difficult job. You can do it slowly, slowly, ayah by ayah. It has 30 ayahs. If you memorize one ayah a day, how long it will take to memorize? Just one month. And today is the 2nd of October. Month is in the beginning. And 1st of Muharram here or no? In Saudi it's 1st of Muharram. Not today, it's then tomorrow. In the beginning of a new year, you should make a resolution. That first thing I will learn in this year is Surat Al-Mulk. Start from tomorrow and memorize Surat Al-Mulk every day and ayah. And inshallah, when you repeat it daily, you will not forget. Because whenever we memorize, we have a fear in our heart that, oh, I'm memorizing, but I don't think I can retain it. I will forget it. So better not to do it. So inshallah, don't worry. Because you have to recite it every day. And anything you do it every day, you will not forget inshallah. Okay? Because it has a lot of virtues and the best thing is that it prevents from the punishment of grave. Who is scared of grave? All of us. You remember Usman radiallahu an? He used to listen about Jahannam and other things, other stuff. He was not scared. But whenever he passed by a grave or he heard something about grave, he used to cry and cry and cry so much that his beard get wet. So, grave is something really horrible. It's dark. And maybe it's wet. And maybe it's cold or hot. Hot because of adab. So we all should prepare for that day. We will land in our grave. And this surah is the best surah to learn, memorize, understand and practice. So we are saved from the punishment of grave, inshallah. Okay, let's start. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. تبارك الذي بيده الملك 
Blessed is he in whose hand is dominion. وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ And he is over all things competent, fully able. Tabaraka, he is blessed. Tabaraka from Baraka. And Baraka is blessing. Khair, goodness. And Tabaraka, he is blessed. Meaning Allah is blessed. Meaning he is the source of endless good. Nothing he does, nothing he decrees, except that there is good in it. He is the one whose ihsan, whose favors are everywhere. He is the one whose khair is abundant. Tabaraka, he is blessed. Who is he? He is الذي بيده الملك. He is the one in whose yad is the dominion. In whose hand is al-mulk. Mulk, ownership, possession, kingship. Meaning, he is the one who has ultimate kingship. He is the ultimate king. He is the one who has ultimate authority over everything. There is nothing except that it belongs to Allah. There is nothing except that Allah has full power and ability and control over it. Whether that thing is somewhere up above, or it is around us, or within us, or under us. Everything belongs to Him. And if it belongs to Him, and He has full control over it, that means He does whatever He pleases. He can decree whatever He wants. And that His decree is implemented. It is carried out. And of course, it is based on His wisdom. وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ And He is over all things competent. If we see the creation that is around us, everything is created by who? By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what does that show to us? It shows His power. We see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created the angels from light. He has created the jinn from fire. And He has created human beings from mud. Light, fire, and mud. Completely different. And look at the different creatures that He has made. Having so many different abilities and different characteristics. وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ In this ayah, first of all, what we see is that tabaraka, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is blessed. That all khair, all goodness comes from Allah. Secondly, what we see in this ayah is biyadihi mulk That kingdom is for Allah alone. In Surah Yasin, ayah 83, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَسُبْحَانَ الَّذِي بِيَدِهِ مَلَكُوتُ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Perfect is the one in whose hand is the dominion of everything. Power over everything. Ownership of everything. In Surah Al-Mu'minun, ayah 88, Allah says, قُلْ مَنْ بِيَدِهِ مَلَكُوتُ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Say, meaning ask the people, that in whose hand is the ownership of everything? Who owns everything? And what is the answer to this? It is Allah. How is Allah's mulk? It is perfect, absolute, and complete. 
such that we cannot add anything to it and we cannot remove anything from it. We cannot add to Allah's power and we cannot diminish anything from His power. In a hadith we learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, O my servants, if the first of you and the last of you, the men of you and the jinn of you, all of you became like the most pious one among you, that would not increase in my mulk anything at all. O my servants, if the first of you and the last of you, the men of you and the jinn of you, became the most sinful, most wicked, like the most wicked among you, that would not reduce my dominion in anything at all. بِيَدِهِ mulk. وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ And He is over all things competent, able, fully capable. Nothing is too difficult for Him. Nothing is too hard for Him. وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ In this ayah we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions His hand. بِيَدِهِ mulk That the mulk is in His hand. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said that the right hand of Allah is full. Inna yameen Allahi mal'a. It is full. And its fullness is not affected by the continuous spending night and day. He owns everything. And from that, he's constantly giving, giving, giving. And giving is not reducing his kingdom. The Prophet ﷺ said, Do you see what he has spent since he created the heavens and the earth? Just think about how much water has fallen from the sky in the form of rain, snow and hail from the time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the earth. How many people have eaten? How much food have we eaten? How many things have we received? Who gave that to us? Allah did. He said, yet all that has not decreased what is in his right hand. بِيَدِهِ mulk. The Prophet ﷺ on the day of Arafah, the dua that he said most frequently was which one? لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ لَهُ الْمُلْكُ وَلَهُ الْحَمْدُ بِيَدِهِ الْخَيْرُ وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ بِيَدِهِ الْخَيْرِ That all good is in His hand. And He is over all things capable. The Prophet ﷺ, when he would make dua for someone who was unwell, when he would do ruqya, even upon himself, he would say, اِمْسَحِ الْبَأْسَ رَبَّ النَّاسِ بِيَدِكَ الشِّفَاءِ In your hand is a shifa, the cure. بِيَدِهِ الْمُلْكِ In his hand is the ultimate kingdom, control, power, authority. And he also has shifa, meaning only he can give cure. So this dua tells us, بِيَدِكَ shifa. But normally what we say is, shifa is in doctor's hand. That doctor is very good. He has shifa in his hand. Don't we say that? No, we shouldn't say that. We should say Shifa is in Allah's hand. He is the one who can give Shifa. Doctor can 
یوز ہز نالج ہیلپ پیپل فیسیلیٹیٹ پیپل بٹ کین ناٹ گو شفا شفا از اونلی فرام اللہ سبحان و تعالی اینڈ اٹس کلیئرلی مینشن ان دس حدیث بیدک الشفا بیکاز ایوری خیر از ان اللہ ہینڈ بیدک الخیر ان کا شین قدیر سو بیدک الشفا بیدک الرس کلو شعی فی اللہ And the Prophet ﷺ frequently, he would say, فَوَلَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ By the one in whose hand is my soul. أَلَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ أَلَّذِي He is the one who خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ Who created death. وَالْحَيَاةَ And life. Allah is the one who has created death and life. Why? لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ in order that he may test you. Ayyukum, as to which of you, ahsanu amala is best in deed, in action. Wahuwal azizul ghafoor, and he is the exalted in might, the forgiving. Allah has created death and life. Meaning, everything is in his hand. All power is in his hand. And the power to give life, and the power to give death. is also with Allah. He is Al-Muhyi, the one who gives hayat, and Al-Mumit, the one who also gives death. Because He has created death and life. Why did He make us? Why did He send us here? لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ In order that He may test you. So this life is a test. A test of what? That أَيُّكُمْ Which of you people will do ahsanu amala, he will be ahsan in his amal, in his action. Who is it that performs good action? Amal, that is ahsan. Now what is it that, what action is good? What action is ahsan, is best? That action which is correct, and that action which is sincere. When it fulfills two criterias. The first one being that it must be sincere for the sake of Allah. And secondly, its manner should be correct. The way in which it is done should be the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes and is pleased with. The way that He is approved of. The way that He has taught according to the sunnah. So, لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الْغَفُورُ And He is Aziz the one of might, and Ghafoor, the one who shows forgiveness. Meaning he has full authority over his servants. If they do not do Ahsan Amal, he can punish them in this world. But he gives them time, for he is Al-Ghafoor, the one who forgives people despite their repeated failures. Even if the sins of people were to fill up the earth and fill up the skies, he can forgive them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the one who has created us. And He has blessed us with numerous blessings. And He has made it clear to us that we will not remain in this world forever. We are alive and a time will come when we will die. And while we are alive, He has given us certain commands and certain prohibitions. And He has tested us with trials over here. He has placed in us within us weaknesses and strengths, desires and temptations. And He has endowed us with abilities also. 
So the test of life is that who is it that will surrender to the command of Allah and perform well? Who is ahsanu amala? The one who will perform well, then Allah will give him great reward also. For him is a good reward. But the one who inclines towards the desires of his nafs and ignores what Allah has commanded, then for him is evil recompense. So right now, what is going on? We are, we are in a test. What is that test? That what kind of lives do we live? What kind of choices do we make? What kind of actions do we perform? Do we live as obedient servants? Or do we live as disobedient rebels? Everyone is being tested in this regard, with no exception. So the test of life is Ahsan Amal, whose work is the best. That whatever we are doing, how do we do it? Do we do it for Allah? Or do we do it to show off for some other reason? Do we do it in the manner that Allah likes? Or in the manner that we like? Or in the manner that people like? What do we say? Do we say what Allah likes? Or do we say what we feel like? Or what people find pleasing? Our speech, our actions, our behavior, our striving, our choices, everything is being examined. So what does that mean? <coughs> that we need to constantly analyze ourselves. You know when you're writing an exam, and you're told that you have to, let's say it's a multiple choice exam, and it says choose the best answer. Do you choose just any because it may be right? No. You choose the best answer because A could be right, B could be right, but C is definitely right. So you don't go for the A or the B. What do you go for? The C, because it's definitely right. You don't just guess over there. You know you have only one chance. So you better make the right choice. So this life is also what? Only one chance that we have. And every moment we are making choices. As to what we say, where we look at, what we look at, how we look, what we say, how we say. All the time we're making choices. And this is what is being examined. This is what is being looked at. You made a choice and you are here. After you finish this session, you will go to some place. Think where are you going? Is it right to go there? Is it important to go there? Some people will go back to their homes. Some people will go to the market. Some people will go to see some friend. Everyone has a different plan. And everyone has a different choice. So we repeat this every day. Think, are we making the right choice? Do I need to go there? What will I do there? Whom will I meet there? Is it halal to meet that person? Is it approved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How will I spend my time there? How much time I will spend there? 
وی میک چوائسز ایوری مومنٹ ایوری مومنٹ اینڈ دیز چوائسز آر ریگارڈنگ اور ایکشنز اور اسپیچ اینڈ اور تھنکنگ آلسو وین وی تھنک اباؤٹ سم ون سو وی ہیو چوائس ویدر وی تھنک پازیٹیولی اور وی ہیو نیگیٹو فیلنگس سو اللہ سبحان و تعالیٰ ہیز گیون اس انٹلیکٹ ہی ہیز گیون اس فری چوائس ناؤ اٹس اپان اس ہاؤ ڈو وی ڈو وٹ وی ڈو وٹ کائنڈ آف چوائسز وی میک اینڈ اٹس ناٹ اونلی ٹو ڈے اور ایٹ دس ٹائم ایچ اینڈ ایوری ڈے ایچ اینڈ ایوری آور ایچ اینڈ ایوری منٹ آف آور لائف اینڈ آل دیٹ از بینگ ریکارڈیڈ بائی ہز اینجلس وٹ ایور وی ڈو ویدر وی ڈو اٹ رائٹ وے اور ادروائز ایوری تھنگ از بینگ ریکارڈیڈ اینڈ آن دا ڈے آف ججمنٹ وی ول بی شون اور بک آف ڈیڈس ایٹ دیٹ ٹائم سم پیپل ول بی ویری ہیپی اینڈ سم ول ریگریٹ بیڈلی بیکاز دے ہیڈ میڈ رانگ چوائسز سو وٹ ایور یو ڈو ان یور لائف وٹ ایور فرام مارننگ ٹو ایوننگ always think always analyze always decide in the best possible way what's going to help you in the akhirah because everything is in allah's control tabarakalladhi biyadihi almulk wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadeer kulli shay it includes this dunya and in the hereafter he is the malik yawmiddin He is the judge on the day of judgment and his judgment will be the most right judgment. So, what will happen that day? It depends what path you take, what choice you make. It's up to you. Ali radiallahu anhu said that irtahalati dunya mudbiratan that this world is leaving and the hereafter is coming. And for each of them are children. There are the children of the world and there are the children of the hereafter. Children as in seekers, those who desire it, those who want to be either in the world or in the hereafter. He said, فَكُونُوا مِنْ أَبْنَاءِ الْآخِرَةِ Be the children of the hereafter. وَلَا تَكُونُوا مِنْ أَبْنَاءِ الدُّنْيَا Do not be the children of this world. Because... فَإِنَّ الْيَوْمَ عَمَلٌ وَلَا حِسَابٌ For indeed today, right now, there is amal. Meaning right now you can work. And there is no accounting. You won't be asked about, right now you're not going to be asked about what you have done, how much you have done, why you have done something. There is no hisab. So do as much as you can. وَغَدًا And tomorrow, meaning in the hereafter, There is hisabun wala amal. There is only hisab and there is no amal. You can't work over there. Right now is the time to work. So, of the deeds, you see every moment we are doing something. Right? We're eating or we're sleeping, we're talking, we're going, we're studying. We're doing something. Even if we're not doing anything, we're doing something. We're sitting and we're staring into nothing. Right? Something is still going on. We can tell ourselves, I'm doing nothing, but we're actually doing something, and that something is wasting a part of our lives. Right? Even that was a choice. 
and that will be counted. So, out of the different things that we could do in this life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to do ahsan amal. What does that mean then? What is ahsan? What is the best deed? It is those deeds which He has ordered us to do. Because what He has ordered us to do, He loves that. From hadith we learn that a servant draws close to Allah. How? By performing what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made obligatory. So let's examine our prayers. For example, salah. That is also an amal. It's a good deed. But we need to see, how much time do we give to our prayers? And when we pray, what is the quality of that prayer? Is it just in order to get the prayer out of the way? Or is it done with ihsan? Because what is being checked is not if we have done what we were supposed to do only. What is being checked is also how we have done it. It's also the quality of the deeds that is being examined. So of the different things we could do, one category could be of ibadah, right? Worship. In worship, we have salah. Another is, for example, reciting the Qur'an. What kind of recitation is it? Why are we reciting? What is its quality? And the quality, not just how it sounds and how beautiful it may be or how many people are listening to it. No. But with which intention? For what purpose? And then while reciting, are we taking it to our heart or not? Or are we just reciting with our mouths and not even thinking about what we're reading? Those who recite the book of Allah, they recite it as it should be recited. يَتْلُونَهُ حَقَّ تِلَاوَتِهِ Then we see, أَحْسَنْ amal. One category is of worship. Another category is our dealings, the way we deal with other people. How is that? How is our speech? How is our manner? How is our sabr? How is our forgiveness? How is our tolerance? How is our generosity? لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ amala. All of this is being examined. So for example, when we meet somebody, when we see them, how do we meet them? Where do we look? What do we say? Do we initiate the salam or we think it's not that necessary? Do we give response to that salam in a better way? They said, Assalamu alaikum. What do we say? Nothing or wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Because the test is ahsan. Is it better? Is it good or not? When we are listening to someone, we're sitting with somebody. They're talking to us. What are we doing? Are we active listeners? Or are we passive listeners? Just there, we're reading something on our phone and we're pretending to listen to the other person. If our parents call us, mother calls us, that come here, what is our response? Is it that in one ear and out the other? Or is there some amal, some ahsan amal over there that we immediately get up, leave what we're doing and go and answer our parents? If we have to break our salah, voluntary prayer, if we have to break that in order to respond to our parents, then what do you think about breaking our sleep? Or stopping our meal? Or giving a break to our tea in order to respond to our parents? It's a choice, right? لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ amala. When we're studying, 
then how are we studying? When we're doing our lesson, when we're learning the Qur'an, then how are we learning? You know, for example, if you are reading a book or you're watching a show or watching a movie and you don't understand what happened, what do you do? You rewind. And you ask the person sitting next to you, what does that mean? I didn't get it. I didn't understand that joke. Can you explain it to me? We make sure that we understand these things. What about the book that is in front of us? How much effort are we putting in to understand what Allah has revealed? أَحْسَنُ amala لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ amala. And you see, لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ He is testing you. What does that mean? That He will put us in situations that will try us and test us. And in that, what will be examined is our reaction. Was it good? Was it okay? Or was it a total fail? Because our true reality, it does not become clear until we are put in some difficulty or some test. Right? At a time of ease, everybody can talk about the virtues of patience. Isn't it? But at a time of difficulty, how many of us can exhibit patience? How many of us can observe patience? Then, out of the different things that we do within the 24 hours, right? Ahsanu amal. How much time is actually going in productive, useful work that will help us in the hereafter? And how much time is just being consumed, is being wasted? So for example, if we are even cooking at home, right? Or driving, or doing our chores, then firstly we must see how much of our time is going in that. How much of our energy and effort is going in that? Is it really worth it? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not create us for worldly work. He did not create us to pursue worldly benefits. The dunya and its benefits, they are all rizq. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken upon Himself the duty to provide His servants. Inna Allah huwa razzaq. He is the ultimate provider. What is it that we were created for? For worship, for work. Working for Allah. Doing that which Allah will be pleased with. So then how much time is going in ibadah? How much? How much effort is going in that? And even when we're doing our worldly actions, then can we not make them ahsan in some way? How can we make them ahsan? How can we make our worldly work ahsan? Go ahead. Okay? Through the dhikr of Allah. For example... If you are cleaning your house, so you have a choice. You can do it in ahsan way or do it uh, just for the sake of doing and just finish it. Also, if you are cooking, so how it can be ahsan? If you are driving, how it can be ahsan? In a hadith, Prophet wasallam says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَتَبَ الْإِحْسَانَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made ihsan compulsory, obligatory upon everything. Whatever we do should be done in an ahsan way. Whether it is worship, whether it's relationships, whether it's our home chores, anything, anything we do. So what should we do? To do things in Ahsan way. Think about it. How can we do? We are living our life because we have been given a life and we have to live because 
وی آر ہیئر نو ہاؤ کین بی دا کوالٹی آف اور لائف احسن موسٹ بیوٹیفل سو اور آخرہ از احسن سو تھنک اباؤٹ اٹ ہاؤ کین وی میک ایوری تھنگ ہاؤ کین وی ڈو ایوری تھنگ آن دا لیول آف احسان So what do we have to do in order to improve the quality of everything that we do? Whether it is some worldly task or some ritual worship or a righteous action, whatever it may be, how can we do it in a way so that it will count in the hereafter? Not just that our deeds, we are spending so much time doing something and it's useless the next day and it's not going to benefit us in the hereafter at all what can we do to ensure that our action will benefit us in the hereafter assalamu alaikum sometimes we do have the knowledge and the right intention but we are rushing things we want to fit so many things in our schedule the actions we do they are not ahsan the people around us are not happy with us but inside the intention is good we are doing it for allah but the way we do it our expressions we are rushing things so just again we need tawakkul on allah take our time do the things the right way also making others happy take the family members with you listen to them too just don't impose what you want to do maybe they can have good ideas again to make work ahsan so take your time don't rush things again haste is from shaitan also remember this yes and plan ahead don't procrastinate this again will stop us from hastening and rushing and love spread love right alhamdulillah anything you want to do in an ahsan way what will you do how will you do what are the steps to do something in a good way can you tell me for example if you want to do cooking in a best way what will you do assalamu alaikum being mindful and starting each of your actions with bismillah for the sake of allah so everything we're beginning to do have that intention for that i'm doing this for the sake of allah if you're cooking start with bismillah and say it's a worship i'm cooking to feed my family that's true because if you are doing it for the sake of allah you will be smiling all the time while cooking do we do that no how do we look like when we are cooking how do we throw the dishes <laughs> yes how do we bang the doors and the drawers and we're so loud in the kitchen ruthless yes because we are not doing it for the sake of allah we are taking it as a burden upon ourselves we don't expect any reward from allah subhanahu wa taala with this cooking we think we are being used hmm? and of the best deeds is to feed people yes so anything you do for the sake of allah anything you do in a good way you will enjoy doing it and it will be not be a burden for you and not remind of favors later on and not wasting that deed what else can we do somebody mentioned planning we should plan ahead if we plan our day if we plan our week if we plan our month if we plan our year if we plan our life so what are we supposed to do what are our responsibilities 
what is important and what is not important what is urgent what is not urgent what is urgent and important what is important but not urgent what is urgent but not important so if our planning is good our work will be good inshallah if we have divided our day in different things for different things for example some part for our ibadah from some part for our work some for people and do things on its right time inshallah you will enjoy and there is no need to rush you will be calm you will be happy you will be smiling and the work will be very easy allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also likes deeds which are consistent even if they may be small so part of ahsan amal is also to do good consistently because things which you do repeatedly becomes easy also they become a habit you become skillful yes assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh so, so when we choose something it should be consistent right but when we come to the classes we have chosen ahsan amal this is ahsan amal but when we go back our parents should not say anything to us because we have spent half the day in the class this is our weekend and they shouldn't know what we are seeing on the internet we are visiting a friend or internet parents should not ask us what we are doing because we have done ahsan amal in the beginning of the day now this is our choice we should continue doing ahsan amal allah subhanahu wa taala is watching and the angels are writing down and everything is not right it is according to allah subhanahu wa taala he has chosen and he has told us what is right and what is wrong it, it is not our heart our heart might misguide us because ahsan is not what we think is ahsan ahsan is what is in the sight of allah ahsan ahsan is not what people like ahsan is not what our hearts like ahsan is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes. Assalamu alaikum. Um, we also tend to do things better when we know people are watching. And if we remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can see us all the time, we will try to do everything to the best of our ability. And that's another way to just do everything correctly and properly. So now you understand, if you remind this every day to yourself at night before sleep, الذي خلق الموت والحياه ليبلوكم ايكم احسن عملا so we will inshallah constantly improve our life what do you think why is it important to recite surah al-mulk as your last thing at night before going to sleep why because whatever we think read recite do last thing at night that stays in our subconscious it becomes part of our life so ahsan amal is not that we read the one day surah al-mulk we read the tafsir of surah al-mulk and we did something good once or twice and then back to square one and um, doing the same things no it's a constant process you have to do it every day not only every day every moment so it's a lifelong thing we should improve ourselves every day every day we should be better person every day better than before better than yesterday and this i also reminds us at the end of the day it's a very good 
time, it's a very good opportunity to reflect on ourselves that what did I do today? Did I do any ahsan amal or did I just waste my time? Did I do anything which was of good quality, of something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would like or did I just waste my time? Did I waste another day? Our time is money, it's precious, it's valuable. And we have been given this time in order to produce something, to make something, to achieve something. So just as if you have money, you won't just throw it. You won't use a hundred dollars at the dollar store just buying random things. Right? If you have a good amount of money, you will go to a different store and buy something that you need. Buy something that is of good quality. So likewise, what are we using our time for? At the end of the day, we need to ask ourselves. We need to analyze ourselves. وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الْغَفُورُ And he is Al-Aziz, the one of Izzah. All Izzah, all power and might is his. The one who has full authority over his servants. So if they do not do Ahsan Amal, he can punish them. And he is Al-Ghafoor, the one who forgives. Who? Those who fall short in their duty. Those who make mistakes. But those who repent to him and those who turn to him, he will forgive them. You see, there are two sifat of Allah or asma of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end of this ayah. وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الْغَفُورُ He is Al-Aziz Al-Ghafoor. That if you are not making good choices, He will not let you go. He can catch you. You cannot run away. Messing around and thinking that it's okay. I can do anything. No. He is Al-Aziz. He is Ghalib. He has authority upon you. We cannot escape. We cannot hide. We cannot run away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He can catch us from anywhere. And he is also Al-Ghafoor. That if we make mistakes because we are forgetful, because we are humans, we are prone to make mistakes. So, we should not be hopeless. But we should not be careless as well. Thinking that he is Bahua ala kulli shayin qadir and he is al-aziz al-ghafoor. Now think, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sifat has been given in these two ayahs. What is the first sifa? Who is he? So in the first ayah we see of the qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which one? Tabaraka, that he is blessed. Then, alladhi biyadihi, his yad, his hand. And then, biyadihi al-mulk, thirdly, that he has mulk. And then, wahuwa ala kulli shay'in qadir, qudra. And then in the second ayah, alladhi khalaq al-mawta wal-hayata, khaliq. He is the creator. لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا He is the one who puts us to test. He puts us in different tests. He examines his servants. He checks them. And then we have وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزِ The one who has izza And izza as in honor. And izza also as in? Another meaning of izza is? Might. So there is no escape from him. No avoiding him. And Al-Ghafoor, the one who forgives. 
You see, many times what prevents us from ahsan amal is fear. Fear that we're not good enough. I can't do this well anyway, so why should I even try? We aim for perfection, and if it's not going to be perfect, we're not going to try even. But these two names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they give us hope and encouragement. Yes, and sometimes we don't do anything because we think that Allah is all forgiving. So we see this beautiful balance over here that Al-Aziz, He has power over you. He can punish you. Why are you wasting your life? You better be careful. Don't just go on fulfilling your desire. Pay attention to what He wants from you. And yes, you will make mistakes. And when you will make mistakes, turn to Him and He will forgive you. وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الْغَفُورُ But of course, don't make mistakes intentionally. وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الْغَفُورُ